0: Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio.
1: You know, in life there are times we wish we could erase words spoken or actions and reactions that we took, what we didn't think we could trust God with. I'm Jill Taylor, your host today of Choose Life Radio, and our guest is Kurt Condrich from Pennsylvania. Welcome, Kurt.
2: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you having me on your show and allowing me to share the journey that God has led us on since the birth of my daughter, Chloe, in 2003.
1: Well, you do have a beautiful story to share and one that encourages and and hopefully challenges us as we listen. I would just want you to feel free to go ahead and tell us your story about Chloe.
2: Thanks, Jill. I um, call myself a advocate because when my daughter Chloe was born in 2003 with a diagnosis of Down syndrome, I became an advocate to make sure that she was defended and protected and had the best possible services. So that was kind of where the word advocate came out of. I had seen a father using that down south and asked him if I could use that title. And he he said, no problem. So yeah, my one. motto with when it comes to kids with Down syndrome is embrace, don't erase kids with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And that's something I, I mm-hmm. use frequently. So back in 2003, my wife was pregnant with our second child. We have an older son, Nolan, who was four at the time, awesome young man. And we were very excited when we were having a girl. We named her Chloe in the womb and spoke to her and very excited about her birth, but my wife was forty at the time we were both forty, and during the pregnancy we were we were encouraged to have prenatal testing because of our age, and we were told that we were high risk to have a child with Down syndrome just for our age or maybe another they called it fetal abnormality well you know we're pro life Christians, we believe in the sanctity of life, we believe that all children are gifts. So we, we declined the tests during the pregnancy and they asked us several times if we wanted to test, made sure. And I remember one time I said to a medical person, I said, Well what do you you know, so we get a test and it comes back positive for Down syndrome and what do, what did we do then? So well you can make a decision and I was like, What kind of decision? you know, and it was whether you want to keep the baby or not and that just immediately just be honest with you, just completely petrified me. I thought, wait a second. So, we're in a medical facility here, and if people are telling you if you don't like what the diagnosis or makeup of your own child, then you can kill the child right here. And at the time when my wife was pregnant with Chloe, I was a city police officer. Uh, I was a police officer for 20 years. You know, our motto was always to defend and protect. And that just, like I as I said, it was unbelievable that medical people are telling you, mm-hmm. we can give you a test. If your child doesn't pass the test, according to your standards of cultural mandate, then you can end that child right here, terminate that child. So that deeply troubled me, but we did not have the testing. Chloe was born and shortly after her birth, she she, she aspirated this and that and the doctor was cleaning her up. And I just kept asking, is she okay? And he walked over with his mask on and he said, uh, your daughter has characteristics of Down syndrome. So of course we were, you know, we were had a lot of anxiety in that because we didn't know we weren't familiar with what we would do with a child with down syndrome but i i remember saying to the doctor can i hold my daughter and he looked at me kind of weird like almost like oh you, you want to hold her and i said bring her over to me so i held chloe and i looked her in the eyes and she was a beautiful little girl and i you know we'd figure out the down syndrome thing but uh um, that was her entrance into the world and i could see immediately there was already kind of this bias toward that she was not Perfect. Like I said, I always tell people she didn't meet the cultural mandate for misguided
1: perfection. So Kurt, the doctor Chloe. Let me ask you a question here. The doctor actually was giving you that signal of see you should have you should have awarded.
2: That's, that would, that's how I interpreted yeah. it. Almost like he was surprised that I wanted to hold my daughter. Amazing. And even when we took Chloe up to the room in the hospital, we didn't have the visits like we had when Nolan was there, people coming in. It was kind of a negative atmosphere in there. And I heard the nurses one time at the station calling the Downs baby, and they didn't know who I was. And I stopped and said, said, that's my daughter, by the way, and her name's Chloe. She's not a mm. Downs baby. Mm. And it was very, like I said, it was, it, was, it was depressing in the hospital. You could just feel like there wasn't that welcoming spirit, that, that joy, mm. which we had. And my, like I said, my son, Nolan, was in there, and he was very excited about his sister. He careless care less if she, she had Down syndrome. He was just upset she couldn't play immediately. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's just, you can tell there is, there's this misperception and this, I will call it a prejudice, a bias towards mm-hmm. these children that they, mm-hmm. they're not worthy to be here. They're not complete. They're disabled. So, yeah. you know, we, we connected Chloe to good services, early intervention, other things, and we just started watching her grow and be part of our family. And as a matter of fact, Chloe was reading at age three. I have videos I could share with your listeners. My son taught Chloe to read at age three. She was reading at grade level when she entered school. She's a, a bright young lady, plays baseball. She does all kinds of things. I said, we focus on her abilities, not on her disabilities.
1: Oh, that's and good. I tell
2: people... We're all disabled, every, every single one of us. We all have things that we're good at, things that we need help with, and that's the same with Chloe. So
1: Let me for, interrupt here before. Sure. I, I know you're telling a great story, and I don't want to stop you, but I do want to nope. make a point here. You said we all have disabilities, and I think that is extremely important. To hear again. We all have things about us that are difficult for the people who live with us to cope with. <laughs> you can ask my Absolutely. husband about that. And, and so you don't throw away the gift because it's not exactly what you expected it to be. And so this is a gift. Anytime you have life that is given by God, it is a gift. And it looks to me like it's really changed your family. So please continue on. I just wanted to reiterate that statement that you made.
2: Absolutely, Jill. And I do a lot of advocacy. So I spoke to other parents who had children with Down syndrome who had the prenatal tests. And every parent I spoke to, and I dialogued with parents all across the country, across my state, even around the world. And every single parent I spoke to relayed the story that once the tests, they had the prenatal tests for Down syndrome, they were encouraged. It was almost assumed at that point that they would terminate the child. Mm. So that in and of itself is is what has driven me in, in God's hand. You know, of, of course, I always say if we're obedient, available, God can use us for great things. Uh-huh. So I just couldn't accept that because I'm watching my daughter grow. I'm watching her bring joy and light and all kind of things to our family and an amazing impact on my son. And I thought, wait a second, so all these families that are getting these prenatal tests are being told basically to terminate the child, encouraged to terminate. We'll talk a little bit about that later. And I say it's a, it's a prenatal genocide, you know, when you mm-hmm. identify target and kill a person because they don't, like I said, meet their cultural mandate. So at that point, I kind of took a leap of faith. I decided I had to do something about this. It shocked me that much. And I left my policing career, went back to school. I got my master's degree in early intervention. And I just became a dad advocate, a loud voice for, for these kids. Chloe and I began going to state capitol. We began meeting with legislators and, as I said, showing her many abilities and advocating for programs and supports that allow a person. I would say to be a genuine pro-life person, it's from conception, natural death. And if you, if you believe in pro-life, I, I used to tell legislators, if you're genuine pro-life then you'll support programs and services that allow all people to have a good life, whether it's a physical, mm-hmm. cognitive, or mental disability. So that's what Chloe and I would advocate for. And, and she really had an impact on the the legislators at our at our state capitol. So we went up there and we started doing that. And you know, I kept hearing these stories as I told you about people getting these negative things about. And then when their kids, if they decide to keep their child, then they were given negative information and all these things. So I just kind of took it on myself. I said I'm going to do something more about this. So I came up with this idea of, of a law that would give parents factual, supportive, uplifting information. Upon a prenatal diagnosis. And just I actually wrote it out on a legal pad, ran it by a couple of legislative friends, and they liked it and they ran with it. And they introduced a, a law in Pennsylvania called the Down Syndrome Prenatal Education Act, and they dubbed it Chloe's Law. Oh. So Chloe and I went up there. Governor Corbett was the governor at the time, and we just, like I said, we met with bipartisan legislators. We have 50 senators in Pennsylvania, 203 representatives. We met with almost all of them just, you know, advocating for passage of this law that would at least I, I knew it would slow down the, the termination rate for these kids. In a matter of five months I call it, it was all God's hand. We were able to successfully get this legislation through the committees onto the floor of the Senate, the floor of the House. It passed fifty to nothing in the mm-hmm. Pennsylvania Senate and one ninety eight to I think two in the House and Chloe signed it on the on the desk of the governor of Pennsylvania <sighs> in July of two thousand fourteen and we have we have that law in Pennsylvania now and that's What's really sent me into further things as God has opened these doors to to speak loudly on a on a national and global level about what's happening to these kids right, so that was that
1: is was there any chance long. that you're uh, getting other states to adopt that?
2: Yes, there are other states that have passed similar legislation. you know our goal was to obviously end abortion and stop aborting kids with Down syndrome altogether, mm-hmm. and a couple states have passed that. I know that some of those are still tied up in court with appeals and that. I've had inquiries from all around about the law and, and the things that have happened. So it, it has kind of mushroomed. But I think one of the things the law has really done, it is shined light on what was happening. Because I know after we got the the legislation passed, I had many, many people contact me, call me, run into me, say, I never knew that was happening. I never knew that was happening. And and educators say, you know, I was wondering why we we hardly saw any kids with Down syndrome. I said, well, they're killing them all. So Mm -hmm. that law, I think, like I said, it it, it was a light in the darkness to open up this dialogue that's, that's currently going on about what is happening with the prenatal genocide against kids with Down syndrome. And since the passage of of Chloe's law, you know, Chloe and I have been invited. We've spoken to the United Nations twice up in New York City in front of global audience about this prenatal genocide. It's just amazing. I know we've changed hearts up there because there were people before we spoke who were very adamant about abortion on demand up till birth. And after we got done, a lot of them were in tears because they didn't know this was happening. Mm. And so we've spoken to the United Nations. We've, we've met with Cardinal Dolan in New York City several times, been on a TV show. We've, we've <laughs> Chloe and I and our family, Nolan and my wife, Margie, were invited to the White House in 2018 when the president addressed the March for Life Live. We met with President Trump, Vice President Pence, and actually when he had done speaking, he came over and kissed Chloe on the head. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. The, the, the journey we've had, I have, I have pictures of that. And we've, we were the keynote speakers at the National Right to Life Convention last year in Charleston. We've spoken in North Carolina this year at their prayer breakfast. They're speaking in North Carolina again this fall with the Room at the Inn uh-huh. event. It's a very large event down there. And we just continue to go wherever God sends us. He's, like I said, being obedient and available to what He has called us to do here. That's where I always say we're the instruments. He's the master craftsman. As, as long as we stay sharp, He can use us for amazing things. Yeah. So.
1: Oh, Kurt, this is fabulous to hear you talk about that. You know, we have run right through the first half of our program, which means we have to take a quick break, but we're going to come back with a lot more information. This is Kurt Kondrich, who's speaking with us about the Down syndrome issue. We're looking forward to you coming back in just a minute.
0: Thanks for joining us today for the conversation here on Choose Life Radio. We are a listener-supported ministry. Your tax-deductible gift today helps educate hearts and minds on God's wondrous provision of life. If you'd like to send a generous gift and help us continue broadcasting on this station, you can visit our website, chooseliferadio.com. Click on the Donate button and follow the directions. You can give online, or if you're more comfortable, simply mail us a check. Our P.O. Box is listed on the website. Choose Life Radio focuses on the sanctity of human life from conception. And your kind and generous gift today, well, it makes this broadcast a reality. When you make your gift, please indicate the call letters of this station. And while you're visiting ChooseLifeRadio.com, we'd love to hear from you in other ways. You can email Jill directly or connect through social media. And remember, all of our past broadcasts are available to you as podcasts in our archive section. So, visit today chooseliferadio dot com
1: Welcome back to Choose Life Radio. This is Jill, your host, and we are in the midst of a very exciting conversation about a topic you wouldn't think is necessarily exciting. It's about Down syndrome. It's about the value of every life. It's about what that person adds to the family that they're a part of. This is something that we are really excited to get information on. And right now, our guest is Kurt Kondrich, and he is uh, a dadvocate. Dadvocate. That's really a great term. So tell us a little bit about uh, favorite video that I want you to tell everybody about.
2: Sure, absolutely, Jill. Thanks again for allowing me to share this amazing journey God's led us on. Of so course. we recently were at a wedding, and Chloe loves—she just loves to dance, and she loves to sing, and I'll just say it. She has rhythm. She didn't get it from me, and she's she's a really good singer. So <laughs> w- we were at a wedding recently, and she got out on the dance floor, and uh, I posted on all my social media, which I'll share with your audience, and um, she she just took over the dance floor. I mean, there were people there that never they some men in that they said never would dance and they saw Chloe out there dancing and just shining and um they they actually got out on the dance floor and she kind of led the whole uh, wedding parade. So it was it was really amazing. It was it was just it was a beautiful thing cuz it's just dancing such a universal Thing and her 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 together. moves
1: are so cute they're just i mean the, she didn't do just one dance it was like all sorts of different steps and uh, it made me laugh and it made me cry i just have to tell you it's a beautiful video
2: oh thank you it is she's like i said she's and she's a really good singer too as a matter of fact i'll share this some of your younger audience if you know the group the chain smokers who are pretty it's a national artists and that chloe was singing one of their songs and i taped it and i sent it to the record place and they actually when they came to pittsburgh to a sold out audience they had chloe backstage they met with her and they put her up front when when she was during the concert and she was singing along with them it was really amazing to to watch that and she's chloe's met with toby mack chris tomlin if you're familiar with christian artists she's met with david crowder She's, she's she's really you know she's 17 years old and i say she's done more, planted more positive seeds and that than most people do in a long lifetime. That's
1: such an important point. That is so important. The impact that she's having on people who may not even know God, but they can see God through her. Yeah, that's powerful.
2: I wrote an article once that Adam and Eve had Down syndrome until the devil stole the extra chromosome. Because Chloe, you know, being a former police officer, Chloe does not have evil. She doesn't have malice. You, You couldn't make her hurt somebody. She doesn't swear at you she will never sell drugs or you know what she she's purity and and goodness the way god created us to be and that's just i always often joke that chloe will have a mansion in heaven i'll be sweeping her driveway because she won't be she, she doesn't have that she doesn't have that evil she doesn't and it's it's amazing that a group of people who have no evil and malice that our society is intent on wiping them off the face of this earth yep. so that yep. just shows what a Full of the devil abortion is.
1: Yeah. Speaking of that, I, I, I was really upset when I saw the statement from Iceland that they've cured Down syndrome and should America do that as well. What they mean by that is they are aborting those babies on cue. As soon as they know, they're gone. Talk to me a little bit about that mindset that would have them call that a cure.
2: Well, I think we all should be extremely terrified by that statement. And as a matter of fact, that's the reason Chloe and I spoke at the United Nations for two years in 2017, 2018, was because of that statement from Iceland. As you said, they proudly proclaimed that they have cured Down syndrome by effectively wiping out all children with a prenatal diagnosis. And so I, I asked the question when I was up there at the United Nations, well, what if we have a genetic test for autism? how about a genetic linked to depression how about one for baldness or being short or whatever i say we're going to cure all those things also by wiping them out we know it's 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 eugenics it's genocide and it's like i said it's um if we can do it prenatally let's do it postnatally you know I mean, let's hmm, just
1: exactly. what's, what's
2: going to stop us? Yeah,
1: that's so what's happening that's, with abortion too. I mean, if we can, you know, if is. you don't yeah, want them after they're born, make that decision, and we'll take care of it.
2: Exactly. So it's, it's a slippery slope. Like I said, we were we were blessed that, that, that God allowed us to speak out on a global to a global audience about this. And I will say, it did resonate. You know, we live in a, We live in a society where everybody's constantly talking about you know prejudice and bias and targeting and profiling, well this is the ultimate form of prejudice, bias, targeting, profiling, discrimination is when you have a group of people that you don't think belong here, you test them, you identify mm-hmm. them, and then you kill them. I can't think right. of anything more more against that. So
1: well and I think as believers it's it's learning how to trust God with things that we don't anticipate. That is when we think we're going to buy this car and it turns out that we can't afford it but we're going to buy this car we have to decide can we trust this car and we're going to we're going to go with it and then it, you know what honestly in 3 weeks i'm in love with that car you know i i don't want anybody right. to touch it the reality is experiencing that and understanding the gift that it is
2: when i advocate to legislators and policymakers I tell them all the time, I say if you live long enough someone's gonna change your diaper again. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna be, you know mm-hmm. we all you know, that's just the realities of life and we're all one car accident, one one illness, one slip on the ice from becoming completely disabled where we depend on others. And you know, we, we need to keep that in mind as we look at the right. precious gift of life and defending right. and protecting all
1: people. But we have to also be careful that we don't diminish the The Down syndrome person. I think what you said about Adam and Eve was really clever that the devil stole that extra chromosome because in reality, we're not saying we'll accept anyway. We'll, you know, with all its faults. We're saying we've got a gift here that God has given us. And we need to slow down and appreciate who that person is without malice, without hatred, without holding a grudge, was simply loving, an incredible gift.
2: I agree. And like I said, I think all of us on Judgment Day are going to wish we had Down syndrome. I often use this visual that Chloe will be in the easy pass lane, and I'll be in the toll booth trying <laughs> to explain away all my brokenness and disabilities that I had on this earth while well, she'll be going straight up there because, she, like I said, she doesn't harbor any of that. Yeah. She harbors none of that none of that evil, none of that malice that we as supposedly the normal people carry on in our lives.
1: Yeah. You wrote a really good article Poseidon Faith in an Upside Down World. Would you talk a little bit about that article?
2: Sure. When I was a kid growing up I always I loved the movie The Poseidon Adventure. It was it was a blockbuster back in the 70s and that where the where the ship was hit by a big tidal wave suddenly and flipped upside down and and you know suddenly the the, the whole world is literally upside down. And the people on the ship were celebrating at the time when it was hit and you know, I had no idea, and, you know, and so they're sitting there. They originally were on the top of the boat, but now we're in the bottom of the boat. And the people in charge basically said, "Oh, we'll be fine. Just sit here, stay put. Nothing. Don't worry. They'll come rescue." And there was just a remnant of people, very small remnant, that thought, "Wait a second. There's pressure down here. No one's going to find us here. We need to start making our way up." And they dis- they discounted those people and dismissed them. While this small group of people started moving upward in the ship that was upside down, the rest stayed put. And what happened is the the bottom of the ship did, it broke, and all those people drowned and didn't make it out. And during the movie, these people are going through, as I said, an an upside-down world, trying to get to the top and make the way out into the light. I used that article, I just reposted it, to kind of describe what's going on in our culture now. A lot of things that we as Christians know to be truth and know to be eternal truth have been turned upside down by our culture, regards to family, regards to life, regards to marriage, regards to many things. And I think, unfortunately, there's just a remnant of us who really see this and are willing to do something, are willing to fight to move up in the culture and get into the light and shine the light on what is happening so that people can be aware and hopefully make changes and you know, come to know the, the absolute truth of God's mm-hmm. word. I always, I use this a lot. I say you can follow the word or follow the world. It's a one letter difference, and the L will get you lost because it's all lies.
1: Oh, so. You are good with those sayings. This is very impressive. I am, I you have a great website. EmbraceDon'tEbrace.org and we'll put that on our website as well and you can go to ChooseLifeRadio.com and you'll be able to not only hear this podcast uh, and share it with others, please share it because I think this message is absolutely necessary for our world, our nation, our cities to hear. When Chloe is growing up at age 17, what are some of the things that you're facing? I've got just a minute or so, uh, but... I'd love to hear you tell me a little bit about what are some of the challenges as a 16- and 17-year-old. She's adorable. <laughs> so do you have to tell guys to stay away?
2: Sure. I mean, Chloe gets crushes on people. You know, there's, you know, but the biggest thing with Chloe, honestly, is is keeping her safe and keeping her, you know, protected, as, as people with all their children should be doing. uh uh-huh people always say, oh, what are you going to do now? She's older now. I said, Chloe's going to work. She'll she'll be able to work at a job, you know, and we're, we're going to make sure we have the, the safety net in place and, you know, just enjoy life. We Every day is a gift. You know, we don't know when God's going to call us home. And as, as she's getting older, we're just enjoying watching her grow and watching her thrive. And she's taken more of a, a role at speaking engagement. She's actually getting the microphone and, and speaking in front of people. And as I've said, you know, she's 17 and I would say she's done more than 17 years and most people do in a long life, and I know Mm -hmm. she's planted more positive seeds than the vast majority of people do, so we're just... We're very optimistic and positive about you know, her life and, and what God's going to use her for, continue to use her for in this world, and being a light in the darkness on, I always say, our most precious, priceless natural resource, which is human life. There's nothing more important in this country than
0: Absolutely. restoring
2: a culture of life, and that's what we plan on
1: doing. You have a great verse that you put in that article from Matthew 7.0. Verse 13 and 14, Jesus said, Wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. I think that's pretty powerful when you're talking about searching and understanding the importance of every single life. We need to end abortion, and we certainly need to end this... uh, culture of death for people who have down syndrome or any other issues they still have life they still have a soul and we still want to hear from them
2: all life is a priceless gift every life should be celebrated cherished and embraced
1: mm-hmm. and, and and every father should be a dad advocate i just think that is so, well, I, d- so I do get important. mad <laughs>
2: I will say, that I, I, I do believe men need to get more involved in this fight. I, they've been a silent. They're not speaking up. And That's right. My other favorite verse is Proverbs 31.8, which I like so much I have it tattooed on my arm, which is, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who, who was a great pastor during World War II who, who lost his life, did say that silence in the face of evil is evil. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. God will hold us accountable. And we all need to speak up, mm. and your silence is not acceptable today.
1: A wonderful quote to end on. Thank you so much, Kurt Kondrich, for being with us today, Dadvocate, and his website, org. We have had a great time today and, and a time to really go back and think, folks. What's your thought when you see someone who has needs? Are you there to help or are you there to criticize? Don't forget to come to our website, chooseliferadio.com. We are so blessed to have you with us at Choose Life Radio, and I'm Jill Taylor. Don't forget to come back next week. We've got another wonderful interview for you.
0: The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.